0: The following is a presentation of the
2: Match Talk Podcast Network.
1: circle up folks because it's time for the virginia wrestling roundup a show by the virginia wrestling association the virginia wrestling roundup is also brought to you by cliff keen athletic built for life get more information on cliff keen products by going to matttalkonlinecom slash cliff keen i'm jason bryant a proud virginia native and each month we'll talk about relevant events and topics as it relates to the landscape of vawa and the wrestling community in the state of virginia at large As always, you can find out all you need to know about VAWA by going to VirginiaWrestling.com. Episode 7 of the Virginia Wrestling Roundup. No rest for the weary as we are just uh, still at this point hours after the completion of the 2015 USA Wrestling Cadet and Junior Nationals that took place over eight glorious days in Fargo, North Dakota. I'm Jason Bryan here with you, joined by Executive Director of VAWA, Andrew Farah, State Chairman Bill Swink, and Dylan Wisman, a Missouri bound, actually, he's not Missouri bound, he's now Missouri now, Virginian who finished second at junior freestyle at 182 pounds. Before we get to uh, Dylan, who is uh, one of our first athletes to jump on, we've had coaches, but first of all, let's just pitch it over to Andrew. You, me, and Bill were all sitting right in the same place for the entire time. Dylan's out there training, but we got to see a lot of each other this week, and it was like old times.
3: Well, Fargo's awesome. Anybody who hadn't been to Fargo just doesn't get the, the atmosphere and uh, the intensity, especially when you get to junior freestyle. And this time of year, uh, I feel like I go into wrestling withdrawal because uh, you're used to having the best kids around the state, the best coaches, and and that whole week builds to uh, to an unbelievable level of intensity um, that that is the junior freestyle tournament over Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I was telling our guys on Thursday night, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, Friday of junior freestyle in Fargo is the best day of wrestling outside of uh, Friday at the NCAA Division I tournament. So it's great when the wrestling community gets together, and even better when we get together to watch you know, studs like Dylan and, and the other three guys we had that uh, reach the podium uh, get after it against the best in the country.
1: Bill, you've been coaching and, and doing this for a long time. I mean, uh, there was one thing that I know as a state we're all proud of, and that's the Spirit Award. Granted, it doesn't add any extra team points to your total at the end of the day, but at one point during the tournament, I'm turning around going, wait, that's those are Virginia kids, because it was uh, Joey Prada and a consolation bout, and they're all screaming and yelling. I'm like, wait, when did, when did this happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's an awesome award, um, something that, you know, Andrew's been working on. He gets a lot of credit for it as far as building um, Team Unity and, and, you know, Team Virginia uh, concept, uh, the coaches – have been great doing that as well. You know, stressing team, um, not, a, not just a bunch of individuals or you're there to coach your own kids. Um, the whole team concept and, uh, you know, those guys were great. The, the, the team was awesome, um, out there and, and they deserved that award. And, uh, I was proud of, proud that we got that. So,
1: you know, now Dylan it's also interesting as as there was a story circulating around that you kind of embraced this team atmosphere even though you decided uh, kind of at the eleventh hour that you know i 've never won this tournament i 'm going to give it one last shot and uh, you stepped up for one of the cadets and, and kind of played that role of team leader do 't you i guess Andrew, do you want to introduce that story? You just let Dylan let it let it go as it goes
3: sure well i 'll well, introduce the story um, one of our kids he 's actually a junior, but uh, he hadn 't been on the national team before, and you know he made uh He made a minor mistake um, and left his bag unattended for literally a couple seconds as he turned around and talked to somebody. And his bag got snagged. And, um, you know, some kid stole his singlets and then dropped the bag. His wallet and his credentials were still in it. They just wanted the gear to go trade. And um, I get a call from one of our kids three days later said, Hey, coach, none of our guys have sold or traded any singlets. And we see some kid outside you know, trading a Virginia singlet. So I told them not to do anything, but just keep their eye on him. And, and I was making my way, um, out of the dome. And I look up in front of me and, and Wiseman is, you know, taking two steps at a time with his bag over his shoulder, just after he came off the mat in the quarters. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was awesome just to see him, you know, no one asked him to, and you know, he just, uh, he was, he was sticking up for one of the guys. Uh, so, um, uh, he went and handled it, but, uh, and I helped him with it, but, uh, you know, he didn't need my help. He was calm, cool, and collected. And, uh, you know, it's just awesome to see a, you know a college kid like Dylan that everybody knows around the country, just, you know, doing what's right, just because it's the right thing to do, not because anybody asked him to. So that was really cool to see.
1: Yeah. Dylan, what was that like from your perspective?
2: Uh I just thought it was really like messed up with the kid just to take his stuff, you know? We're all out there just wrestling, just out there with the same goals, and then someone just takes your gear. And I'm not sure if he was done wrestling or if he still had matches left, but regardless, he still paid for the gear. It was his gear. And just, I don't know, people like that just ruin it for everyone else.
1: Yeah, you inspire the ire of the voice of Sandy Stevens. (laughs) Now, when it comes to your, your, your reason you came back, I had a chance to talk to your dad a little bit over the course of the week. And he was telling me, yeah, the, the the reason was is, you know, you you, you can't you couldn't go back and have another shot at winning the Ironman or the Beast of the East, and Fargo was basically the last shot. What was it like training, having gone out to Missouri early to get those summer courses in, get that work in? What was the difference there that that might have made the change in helping you get to the finals and place higher than you ever have it in Fargo? Uh,
2: you know, I didn't really plan on going to Fargo, so I was just out here training just – Thinking about next season, really wasn't even worried about Fargo at all. Was just training hard, just getting ready, preparation for next season. And then kind of last minute, it kind of just hit me like this is the only goal that I still had in high school that I hadn't achieved and still had one more chance to go out and do it. So figured why not give it a a shot. And I definitely can say that all my training out here in Missouri is the reason I did make it as far in that tournament, whether it was the wrestling, the conditioning, just the mental part of it. Just everything out here definitely improved a lot in the short amount of time I've been out here and can't wait to see what the next couple of months have in hold for me.
1: Now we have talked to Andrew and Bill and other coaches throughout the year about the, the, the preparation for Fargo and the changes that VAWA has gone through in the last couple of years. You've seen it as an athlete. How much things have gotten better from an athlete perspective in the last couple of years, moving from the dorms to, to the hotels, the catered meals, the, the training camps? Where have you benefited the most from an athlete?
2: Uh, you know, actually after my, I think it was my third year being there, we stayed in the dorm or the team stayed in the dorms, but me and uh, Corbin Allen stayed with our dads and the team was saying, you know, like how they didn't like us staying like there and they want us to be with the team at the dorms and wanted everyone to stay together. And we were kind of just like, well, this is benefiting us the most. You know, it's helping us get better rest. We're in AC. We're not sweating at night. We're able to get good rest from not just two hours and waking up and sweat. So, you know, the team kind of was saying that they were going to make us stay in the dorms the next following year. And we all kind of, me and my dad and Corbin and his dad kind of looked at each other like, "Uh, well, we may not be back. And then obviously they made the change over to the hotel and the way the food was done at the tournament. I mean, you can't really go any better than how they have it now, the system. You know, we're flying, we're staying in hotels. The meals are right there in the parking lot or back at the hotel, so... You don't have to walk across the parking lot and all the way back over to the cafeteria to go eat. And just everything that they've made change so far has obviously helped a lot. I mean, you can see it speaks for itself. You have more All-Americans every year, draws interest, makes more guys want to go out, just makes the whole trip a better experience. Where have you seen the
1: growth in the team building? I remember when I first went out there as a media guy, you know, a lot of people in the dorms. I mean, you're playing a lot of cards. And like you said, yeah, everybody's sweating and trading gear and whatnot. But it seems like this is – I mean, obviously the Spirit Award speaks for itself but and, and your, uh, your actions to get to get your teammates singlets back. But it's like this year it just seemed like everybody was – I mean, you know, these are kids you didn't maybe even know in another part of the state that are like, yeah, come on, that guy. Yeah, come on. That. It just seemed like the, the whole team building over the past two years has really been something that the kids, you guys, have really taken a hold of.
2: Uh, honestly, I don't know where it comes from. It kind of just like everyone just – wants everyone to do good and as we all fall out of the tournament the coaches kind of even say it like we want you guys there supporting those guys that are farther in the rounds even if you're not wrestling we still want you to be there part of the team cheering on guys and just you know hearing that out there in the back of your head you may not realize it like while you're wrestling but the little bit that you do here kind of motivates you while you're out there on the mat wrestling
1: Andrew, pitch this to you while we're still talking about the team building thing. Obviously, when you see kids come out for the first time, they're they're a little more comfortable the second time they come out. There's, you know, did you see a real leadership with some of the the, the second and third year guys that have come out now with with maybe some of the new guys? A lot of these guys had wrestled in there before. Actually, guys and girls. We can't forget the women, of course, who uh, uh, placed I believe fourth in cadet freestyle women. So, uh, you know, there, there's team building. I mean, it, it's not necessarily you're, you're having team building exercises, but just the way it seems like is like the older guys are kind of kind of leading the younger guys in that respect.
3: No doubt. I was looking through a bunch of pictures today and uh, posted about 150, 160 of Ed Metzger's photos today on, on Facebook and our website. And in doing so, I, I stumbled upon some pictures from uh, the Scholastic Duels and looking through stuff from last year and you know, Virginia is no different than any other state. Uh, all these guys know each other, and girls know each other from wrestling, uh, you know, on the national circuit as they grow up. And you know, even even a guy like Mason Manville stepped up and was a you know a leader in training camp and helping guys manage their weight. And uh, you look at returning All-Americans like T.J. Allen, you know, Antonio Agee, uh, Joey Prada, you know, all those guys lead in their own way, whether it's being a vocal leader. And, and telling the cadets, you know, or to, to quiet down or, or when to kind um, of you know, step it up and, and get serious so, or, or just by example, uh, you know, a guy like Antonio Agee and a guy like Jeffrey Allen are more quiet leaders. But those guys are uh, returning All-Americans who have proven themselves, you know, all over the, the national wrestling circuits. So, uh, yeah, starting to see. See everyone come together and associate themselves as Team Virginia teammates, and and uh, you know a lot of those guys that were on the Scholastic Duels trip were also here in Fargo, and we're out in Fargo last year. So, um, you know, little by little, we're we're starting to uh, you know create a, a core group of about fifteen twenty kids that um, have come to uh, lots of camps and and uh, you know national team trips and um you know that just makes them want to do it more and it makes their teammates at home want to you know uh participate when they get a little older and they get the opportunity so um exciting to see the kids genuinely want to be around each other not just because they have to be around each other solely because they want to compete in in whatever tournament or training camp we're going to
1: now bill from the coaching staff situation got some new faces in there you got some old faces making returns uh kind of like my old roommate and Ben Summerlin making a return back there. Apparently, Chris Michael did bring a, a, a not necessarily a razor, but he did bring some clippers. So uh, his beard went from ferocious to more manageable. I mean, talk about a little bit about the the coaching staff this year and, and the unit. I mean, Donald Motley out there for the first time since he was competing in it. You know, geez, ten, twelve years ago. So I mean, it, it seemed like it was it was a nice blend of of old and new, and everybody seemed to have the same vision there.
0: Yeah, um, you know, the coaching uh, selection process. We have an application procedure. Um, deadlines early. Uh, It's in October, or I mean December, and then we review those and and try to get a mix. We're trying to get more people involved, whether it's, you know, one of the national dual teams, uh, Scholastic duels, or out to Fargo, and, you know, we want to rotate people around. Um, We're going to have some core coaches that are going to go pretty much every year, and then other guys, you know, might go to Fargo this year, and then We might ask them to go to the Cadet National Duels next year and things like that to get more and more coaches around the state involved. is is kind of our goal. Um, We can't get everyone that wants to go to go, but eventually, they keep uh, working at it and and are doing good things and keep applying. We're going to try to get those guys on staff uh, sooner than later.
1: Now, speaking of coaching, Dylan, who was pretty much kind of in your corner throughout. Uh, you know, going uh, from training camp into Fargo.
2: I didn't actually go to training camp. I was out here in Missouri all pretty much the whole time. But for the most part, it was like Andrew and Strickland. Uh, those were mainly most two guys were in my corner most of the time.
1: Now it seemed like you had talked a little bit about uh, about conditioning and, and getting your head right and whatnot. You know, being out there in Missouri in just those few weeks being on a college campus. And I'm going to draw back to your your semifinal against uh, Owen Webster of Minnesota. And, and I'm sitting there, and you get down early. Obviously, this is a state, Minnesota. I live here now, that has has great coaching. Uh, you could be, you know, this guy was fifth in the state, but he's right there as, as monks, one of the tops in the country every year in the international styles. And it seemed like he could never hit you with the same trick twice. Uh, you know, he tried that hip in, he got you the first time, he tried it again the second time, you just powered through. And, and basically, as I'm watching this match unfold, I'm looking at the guys next to me on, on the media table going, this kid just doesn't quit. I mean, it was that was a fight. That was a brawl. I mean, you know, maybe a year ago, do you think that match might turn out differently? And, and you know, what have you done from last year to now to instead of, Getting in those positions and maybe you know being a little little weak in the in the, the last minute because you've just spent everything. I mean, where did where did you bring the fight from?
2: Uh, you know, I think training out here is definitely prepared me. It's preparing me definitely a lot. You know, uh, wrestling with guys every day that are just as good, if not better, than me. And where wrestling live goes, and every single go you have to go a hundred percent, or else this guy's going to take you down and make you look stupid and you know it's just the competitiveness in our room just you don't have a choice but to get better it's either get better or get left behind so you know I definitely think that's been helping and we we practice I mean we don't have the longest of practice but we go hard so the conditioning is just there and just wrestling against all these good guys is just training me and I've definitely been working on my offense a lot you know I wasn't very good at shooting and stuff i was more of a defensive wrestler in high school so i've been trying to change that so you know being able to fire off more shots in my matches and just being able to go for that long at that high of a pace was just it helped me out tremendously
1: you made had your way to make it into the finals and you get down against nick reenan one of the best wrestlers in the country from texas and you know you you get down 8-1 and then from there on out that was that was your match i mean you basically bullied the rest of the way uh you know I even tweeted, I said, Rita might be a little bit better right now, but you brought the fight the entire time. And uh, again, even in defeat, it was one of those things where people around me go, man, that that Virginia kid's a fighter, man. So, I mean, I know you... you, you you made the state look good, even though uh, you know you ultimately didn't get your hand raised. But you know when you go into a match against a kid like Nick Reenan, who's got a ton of credentials, people know who he is. He's you know people are danging those golden tickets from who's number one and things like that in your face. I mean, what do you think when you go into a match against a kid like that, who's who's li- pretty much listed as like an all-world type of guy?
2: Uh, you know, I I kind of like being the underdog in situations. People don't expect much out of you. They kind of you know actually he told TJ Allen the day before. After walking out of the semifinals, TJ had already known I was in the finals, but just kind of, like, said it just to ask him. He was like, oh, how'd you do, Uh, Nick? And he's like, oh, I've teched my way through the tournament. I have Dylan tomorrow, and I plan on teching him pretty quick. So, you know, hearing that a little bit before the match kind of was just, like, in the back of my head the whole match. And, you know, I got down pretty quick, 8-1. to And then just coming back, you know, I just kind of laid it all out on the line. I realized at that point that I didn't have much room to – Wait, much time to waste down eight to one so just started fighting and come back
1: and when you look at the the world of freestyle versus folk style i mean how much has freestyle wrestling in fargo these last couple summers really helped you develop into a state champion and develop into one of the top wrestlers in the country
2: uh i say not only just freestyle but going out there usually i wrestle both styles greco and freestyle and Definitely, I mean, just wrestling both those styles just give you another exposure to a different style of wrestling and a different. it's different tactics, so it's more of like a thinking game. You have to have a game plan. You have to know the scoring, whether you're up with criterias and whatnot. So it's more like you under, start to understand the sport more. It gets you thinking more about situations of how you can go from one thing to transition into another, which kind of translates right over to folk style plus Chain wrestling, you know you get a takedown, you want to get right on top and go to another move as soon as you get a takedown in freestyle, you want to go right to a leg lace or a gut or something and transition right into that and just it 's all continuous wrestling it 's like folk style a lot of kids that 's where they lack they go from one thing and they don 't transition right into another. They stop and hesitate, so just losing momentum. I think freestyle and Greco both teach you how to chain wrestle more
1: now what about the obviously you said you hadn 't had that chance to win that that 's why you came back, but when you, when you look at it now that you've had a couple of days to reflect on it and you go all right what do you say to the graduated senior who's college bound that may have never placed in this thing or he may have placed or he or her may have placed in this thing where is your sales pitch to be like hey this is your last shot give it a go
2: uh you know it's just one of those things go out there and wrestle why not it's just another chance to compete i've looked at it as i'm not going to get to compete another time until november why not go out and wrestle against some of the best kids and take that chance of getting one more last competition and before I can't compete for three months and have to just wait and train.
1: You know, a lot a lot of talk this year about the public schools going to the well, actually the last two years about going to the sixth class system and then again the the aberration that was the abbreviated state tournament. And do you feel like your performance in Fargo might have helped give the state of Virginia a little bit more respect nationally?
2: Um, but I think the going out to Fargo and going to all these big national tournaments now with them changing the system to the six classes just helps guys get more recruited because how can a college coach look at a at Virginia as a state tournament and go, like, go, oh, I want to recruit this kid because he's a state champ. You And then they look and go, oh, wait, never mind. There's six state tournaments. There's six state champs. So, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from anyone who wins a state title or not giving credit saying it didn't take hard work to get there. It just, with six divisions, how can a college coach look at that and take that as a high accolade? Now, versus going out and winning a tournament like, or even placing All American at a tournament like Flow Nationals or NHSCA Freshman, Sophomore, Junior, Senior Nationals, or just bigger known name tournaments like during the season, BCE's Ironman. You know, placing at the bigger national tournaments is what's going to put you on the map. I think Fargo did a big part of that, you know what I mean? yeah I was a runner up at state two years my freshman and sophomore year when it was the three division. but I think even at that Fargo and bigger tournaments is what puts you on the map with college coaches and gets you the exposure out there.
1: Andrew, this is the come of the things that we've been kind of preaching to the kids and uh you know from a coaching and an administrative standpoint to hear an athlete like Dylan say this it's that's obviously got to make you think that you guys have been doing the right things in Virginia.
3: Without a doubt, uh, you know, especially for a kid like Dylan, who has uh, he's been to Fargo a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different years, but he doesn't wrestle for Colonial Forge or Christiansburg or Roy Hill at Hayfield, you know, the, the programs that send a bunch of guys uh, to Fargo every year. You know, he is uh, he's made it happen on his own, finding training opportunities, and, and he's going to compete in a lot of different events, and, and everybody knows about the big year he had you know, last, uh, last spring, uh, flow nationals and, um, you know, NHSCAs and stuff. And, uh, you know, that's just what we're trying to do in in Virginia is is build, uh, some awareness, increase the awareness as to what the Olympic styles do, because, uh, you know, there are a lot of similarities as he touched on the transition wrestling, uh, from a, from a takedown into a turn, you know, that's the same as folk style. The details are just a little different. Uh, but, it, 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 the Olympic styles allow athletes to, uh, you know, get different feels and get into different positions, and that's only going to make their folk style better. And if we can continue to uh, um, get folks, you know, coaches, and athletes excited about the Olympic styles, we're going to see those results statewide, not just out in Fargo.
1: All right, Dylan, I just want to jump this back to you when you when you're out there wrestling, and then you look at the entire state that's still there is like. They go, you know, they go, whiz man whiz and they, You know, you get the, the name across the, the chest and, you know, college football style fan base. I mean, obviously, you've got to be focused for your match. But did you look over for a be like, man, that's, that's pretty cool?
2: Uh, I actually looked up in between the match when I was down, right at, uh, in between the uh, periods. And I looked up and I kind of just giggled myself and thought in the back of my head. I was like, man, that is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I know Killian and some of those guys were just going wild up there, just screaming their heads off.
1: You know, and as Dylan mentioned, you know he's got to get back to class there at Missouri, which is weird because uh, you know classes uh, usually start about a month from now. He's already out there doing the thing for wrestling for uh, for Coach Brian Smith at Missouri. But uh, he he brought up the name Killing Cardinal, and I remember early in the tournament uh, the juniors uh, Andrew. You came up and told me about him beating Tanner Roweeder, and I was sitting there I was like, oh well, that's that's a pretty good win. And I went and looked at the bracket, and then he goes through, and I'm like, who is this? I remember having to ask like. Who is this kid? I know he's a state champion, but it took me a second to, to go through and, and figure out. I was like, wait, his high school didn't even exist when I left in Virginia. And then he goes through and he beats a guy like Randon Miranda on the backside to place. I mean, this kid battled all tournament long. I, was, I came away super impressed by that guy.
3: Killian Cardinal wrestles with a chip on his shoulder all the time. He thinks that everybody in the gym is wondering, who is this kid? And he wrestles. With the mentality that he's going to make sure everybody knows his name uh, in those six or seven minutes he's, that he's on the match, he—I think he has—you know—three lungs. I mean, that kid never gets tired, and uh, he, he'll always find himself in a little bit of a hole because he's a brawler, uh, but he just goes, goes, goes. Um, he, he's one of my favorites, and, and that's a kid that uh, came to cadet duels last year, but had a had a family obligation that didn't allow him to go to fargo last year and he's just been getting better and better and trains with uh johnny curtis up there in the manassas area and uh he's got really solid technique to match uh you know a mentality and an engine that uh that are going to translate really well to the division one level
0: bill your thoughts oh killian he uh uh, he had an awesome tournament and as andrew mentioned he just doesn't stop um He's not the type of guy uh, you ever want to feel safe with with a lead because he's going to keep on coming after you, and um, he's got a lot of a lot of good skills. Uh, definitely, if I'm a Division One coach, I'm going to be looking at Killian Cardnell uh, in the future. You know, he'll only be a junior next year, but um, he's somebody that that you need to keep your eyes on because um, he made a name for himself. Uh, last week out, out in Fargo, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, and and, he, and it was interesting because he was the, you know, he finished eighth at one thirteen. Joey Prada finished fourth and has had that huge win over Danny Vega. He, he hung on the win there late, but I mean, he was up eleven two at one point going into the break. Uh, Drew Matt, the guy he ran into in the semifinals, is uh, is actually kind of one of the guys I thought was going to win it. No disrespect to Joey, but I'm just looking at it from a non Virginia angle ultimately came back finished fourth. And of course, uh, we mentioned Mason Manville coming back to uh, Virginia and finishing seventh in junior freestyle. So overall, you look at the results from Virginia. Yeah. You've only got those, those place winners, but there was a, a handful of kids that really went out there and not just, they they're not going one and two and two and Q they're, they're out there competing. And uh, you know, what are your overall thoughts, Andrew, on the junior
3: freestyle finish? This was a huge jump from last year. We jumped nine spots. We were, around 23rd last year, and we finished tied for 14th, and that's by no means where we where we want to be long-term, but uh, we're happy with the progress and getting four guys on the podium with guys like Josh Weiland and, and Zach Beckner, who was wrestling with a broken hand, and you know, T.K. McGonigal. He got a concussion. And he couldn't continue, but he knocked off two nationally ranked guys at 138. Uh, we, uh, we came prepared, and T.J. Allen, uh, Antonio Agee, uh Cadet, Freestyle All Americans, Jeffrey Allen, another cadet Freestyle All American that you know, they fell a little shy of, of their goals of, of repeating as uh, junior Freestyle All Americans. But um, you know, we're making progress, and, and we're already you know, making notes on what we can do to, to get these guys trained up for next year. But uh, really, got to uh, really got to you know, give credit to, to Coach Swink, who has always been an advocate of bringing a, a smaller, a slightly smaller group. To Fargo, but one that is ready, and, and that allows the coaches and the athletes to focus on themselves and, and the competition rather than, uh, you know, having having a bunch of guys that honestly aren't ready for that level because there's nothing like junior freestyle. And, and Bill's been pushing that for a while, so got to give Bill credit for for convincing everybody else that we needed to trim it back to the top two at our Virginia freestyle state tournament as qualifiers and then there's a wild card process but you know th- that also encourages guys to go to regionals and, and we had a decent showing at uh, northeast regionals and our guys are just uh getting out of state a little more and and feeling some uh you know some other some other guys in in freestyle and greco events so so uh, you know coach Twain can you can you share your thoughts on on our performance and and you know, what you thought about uh, this smaller group in junior freestyle?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been an advocate of that for a long time. I think you have um, better uh, focus with a smaller group than a larger, larger group, and I think the process is good right now with the uh, fewer automatic qualifiers and then going with a wild card uh, procedure where, where the kids can petition and the uh, coaching staff can select the um, kids that we feel are, are ready to compete and uh, at that level and get out there and do that. Um, I think I think we're going in the right direction. I hope it continues. I know uh, I've been looking through um, Jason Bryant's uh, All American Almanac, and uh, 2012 we had eight All Americans. 2013 we had seven. Last year, 14, we had 10, and this year we had uh, 18 All-Americans. So, um, you know, we've changed the way we do training camp, uh, uh, too, and I think that's helping um, get us compared or prepared to uh, compete out there so we can compare ourselves with these best kids in the nation and show that Virginia has some talent out there as well, Um, you know, it was uh, awesome all around the girls' movement with uh, Sarah Bohora and Chris Michael is going strong. They had a cadet uh, national champion, uh, Jesse Kirby, and and uh, we had four cadet All-Americans there, uh, Jasmine Weaver, Bree Santos, and Mackenzie Walker. We had five junior women, All-American, Becca Forsythe, Lexi Knowles, And then Jasmine Weaver, uh, Mackenzie Walker, and Jesse Kirby doubled up and and were junior All-Americans as well as cadets. Uh, We talked about freestyle, the junior freestyle guys. We also had Kurt McHenry, uh, All-American and cadet freestyle. And then we had four All-Americans in Greco, uh, junior Greco. Mason Manville was runner-up. And Alex Miller uh, had a heck of a tournament and uh, finished fourth. He's from... Uh, River Bend, a lot of people haven't probably heard of Alex, but his stock sure went up, finishing fourth in Greco. And then we had uh, two guys move up from cadets, placing juniors, TJ Allen and Jeffrey Allen, while well, Americans in Greco as well. So I think we're on the right path. Um, our next big move, I think, is to get more of our top talent competing in the Olympic styles, getting more high school coaches Uh, buying into the Olympic styles and and then also taking it down to that youth level, you know, getting more schoolboy and novice guys um, out here in the spring doing a little freestyle Greco-Roman.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking at the – you know, I'm focusing in on the cadet freestyle because, you know, obviously very few wrestlers will come out here and wrestle juniors for the first time and have – you know, have that success of placing because if you looked at some of these weight classes in junior freestyle, especially, there were three weights with over 100 wrestlers. And uh, you see something like that, you're not just like, ah, you, you've never seen anything like that, except maybe maybe the one off chance you're in that met monster weight at like a Super 32, which is, you know, a folk style tournament. But uh, I'm looking at the Cadet Freestyle. It looks like 11 out of 15 wrestlers won matches, uh, just the one All American with Kurt, who got, uh, uh, ran into a buzzsaw named Malik Heinzelman from Colorado. The kid eventually won the uh, – he doubled up in both styles and then uh, unfortunately uh, got injured and couldn't come back through but ultimately finished sixth. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm, I'm going through these names. I'm saying, okay, this kid's winning matches, this kid's winning matches, this kid's winning matches. This this getting out there as a cadet so important to, to lead to success when then the, 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 you know, the college coaches are out there. They're not looking at the guys that have graduated. They're looking at the sophomores that are turning juniors that are, that are junior age, the juniors that are turning seniors that might not be on the radar I mean there are tons of coaches that that love Greco but you know when when that freestyle whistle blows you're starting to see you know you're starting to see your John Smiths out there you're starting to see everything all the way down Ned Shuck at Whitewater Division 3 school I mean you're seeing coaches from all walks of uh, of college wrestling start to focus in and they're not looking at the senior that's, uh, you know, the, the senior unsigned is probably an anomaly now in Fargo. They're looking for those, the sophomores that are going to be rising, juniors that they can call as soon as that period opens up. And those juniors that are, you know, kind of under the radar bill. I mean, the, the the amount of college coaches that show up every year in Fargo, uh, that's not dissipating at all.
0: <clears throat> oh, no. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, Dylan mentioned a little bit, um, you know, Fargo is is the mecca of recruiting, and uh, Andrew mentioned about Friday. Not only Friday is that a big day for um, junior freestyle, it's also the medal rounds for cadet freestyle. And like you said, those guys want to be there and, and see those cadets. Um, who, who are these rising stars? Um, and who, who who are we going to recruit in the future? Um, you know, you, you don't even have to win in Fargo or being all American to, to get recruited uh, guys in around a 12 or guys that are winning, you know, four matches and five matches who aren't placing uh, they're getting a lot of looks after uh, that tournament. You know, um, it's not often where we see that many great kids in a bracket, you know, yeah, NHSCA and flow super 32. We get, we get some really tough brackets there, but uh, there's still, a little little less than what we see out there in Fargo. So it's huge for kids to realize that. And we talked about six classifications. Um, You know, I have college coaches all the time saying, we're having trouble recruiting state champs in Virginia with six. Uh, We're not sure what the quality is. So, you know, competing against the other kids at our Freestyle Greco State Tournament, one is a way to sort that out. And then, two – getting out on the uh, national scene, whether it's a junior or cadet duels or schoolboy duels, and then Fargo, like kids' nationals. It's going to be, help you. Pro- if you want to wrestle in college, you want to get looked at, you almost have to do it today.
1: Yeah, and Bill, this also goes into another thing. I'm kind of curious about the pulse because the numbers were up across all six styles. Uh, every style was higher than the year before, and uh, I think some of it has to do with going back to the rules from uh, the rule change that's made freestyle and Greco a lot more exciting. It's no more this, as I call it, the binary code of wrestling, with the matches that were oh one one oh one oh, and it was uh you know things were decided by a ball draw and things of that nature or a coin flip. Because uh, they didn't have enough of those uh, blue and red balls to go around for for twenty three mats. But you had a chance to sit in on on a lot of these these state chairmen's meetings. That after you know twelve hours in the dome, you've got another two hour meeting afterwards. So I, I can only imagine how little sleep you got. But what's the pulse nationally uh, for maybe the state chairs where where they're seeing uh, a push in kids coming back out? I, I mean, my first gut reaction is the rules are better. That means the coaches that know freestyle. Uh, are now and, and that have that see the benefits of freestyle saying you know what I'm not going to hold my kids from going back to this anymore. These are rules I can teach. These are things I can coach with. Uh, I mean, my first reaction is it's the rules. What are some other things that are around the campfire with respective state associations that are you think leading to this? Uh, I don't know if resurgence is quite the word just yet, but uh, you know the the increase in numbers across all all six tournaments.
0: Well, I, I think it is re- a little bit of a resurgence with the Olympic styles. Um, you know, there's been. Huge push push with USA Wrestling. Uh, You know, we've got the World Championships coming up in Vegas in September. The Olympics next year, um, it's been more visible, especially to the wrestlers, younger wrestlers, uh, you know, guys like Jordan Burroughs and David Taylor and Kyle Dake. Um, You know, we see a lot more promotion of our wrestlers. I think that helps. I think the rules, Jason, I think you hit it on the head. The matches are exciting, whether it's Greco or Freestyle. Um, uh, well you you probably remember better I do with the match that had 52 points scored in it out there uh, last week. I mean, it, it just some of these matches are amazing. Um, heck Wisman's semifinal match, you know, those two guys just scrapping and scoring and uh it's awesome and, and like you said, I it, coaches are understanding it a little better. You don't necessarily have to be a freestyle expert to understand the rules. Um you kind of had to be that way the last few years before the changes. And then we are changing them so often that, that that was frustrating. And we're trying to, they're, they're doing a much better job of uh, not changing the rules as much and making small modifications that are, that are making it better. Um, you know, with the two point turns uh, everybody's got a two point turn now, no matter what style, um, those types of things. So I think the rules do have, have had an effect to the positive. Um in the future, uh you know there wasn't a lot of big ticket items so to speak in the meetings. Um talked a lot about you know refining some processes and things like that, like the, the uh separation criteria. Um, much better this year. Um need to need to make a little bit of improvement on that. So that was talked about. That was one of the big things. Um but uh kind of uneventful meetings this year actually so uh, i think things are going in a positive direction all the way around
1: yeah andrew and obviously you've spent time in, in in a couple different states with this tournament and i you know obviously you're you're talking to your folks down in texas i mean what was the feeling there i mean did any of these topics come up just in conversation with guys from from your old dallas dynamite about the, hey man this this seems like it's it's growing again
3: sure well texas brought 77 kids and um I was out early helping uh, helping Chris Michael and and uh, Catherine Fulp and get the girls up and running. And Joey Prada came out to watch his sister, but Joey, uh, or excuse me, Lauren was injured and she couldn't come at the last minute. So um, I took Joey over to work out with Jack Mueller, who's headed to Virginia uh, after senior year. And I was talking with Kendall Cross and. Melvin Lofton and Kevin Wainscott and some of their guys, uh, just about their group. And I said, wow, there are a lot of kids. How many kids do you have? They told me 77 kids. And then I asked him off the record. I said, how many of these guys shouldn't be here? And and Kendall laughed and said about 60 of them. And you know, they they brought a big group, but uh, and they, they performed better enough, so I don't want to take anything away from Texas. But they brought a lot of bodies that uh, did not have the um, – You know, the, uh, you know, the experience just yet to compete, but for a state like Texas, that's a good sign because those kids need to take advantage of the opportunity to get out of state and compete. And, uh, comparing, um, a a kid's training and competition, uh, situation in Texas to, to one in Virginia is apples and oranges just because we're, we're very lucky here in Virginia to be able to, you know, throw some guys in a car and a van and drive up to Pennsylvania. Uh, we have the NHSCA events here in the spring that are obviously uh, big time events. The Super Thirty Two is is uh, uh, an easy drive from anywhere in Virginia, so um, for 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 VAWA for the state chapter uh, of USA Wrestling Virginia, it makes sense for us to limit our group. Um, but uh, you know, looking at a state like Texas, my first year with Texas, we did not have we had around forty or fifty, and now they have close to eighty. So uh, you know, having kids like Nick Renan and Jack Mueller and Colton Williams do well in Texas is really um, helping uh, create some exposure and awareness for the Olympic styles in some of these you know, states that, that aren't as fortunate as we are to have a bunch of D1 programs and uh, be so close to wrestling powers like Ohio, Jersey, and PA.
1: You know, one thing I also want to bring up, too, is we had the, uh, the world team trial wrestle off at 70 kilos with Nick Marable and James Green and the Marrable thing not just because of the controversy surrounding it but th- there's a lot of state pride because uh, the kid from Tennessee the heavyweight that doubled up in cadets Nicholas Boykin the only, t- only time Tennessee had ever had a champ was Nick Marrable back in 2003 in cadets so there's there's a state that's you know no longer it's not one guy that carries the flag now it's this this kid that's got got two stop signs and then you've got the senior level Event You had the, the phase two trials there last year. You've had wrestle-offs there in the past. And personally, I really like, you know, take the scenario with Green and Marable out of the equation and the politics that went on with it. I just think it's cool for these athletes to see, here's a, here's a senior level. These are the guys, that you're, these guys are trying to make the world an Olympic team. Uh, obviously not Olympic weight, but they're trying to make a world team and compete for the United States. And to have that right there on the race stage, Right there before the finals. I mean, this is these this is where these guys want to be. And then you've got you know Clarissa Chun signing autographs up there. She was an uh, Olympic bronze medalist. And then did you see the line for Jordan freaking Burroughs <laughs> during that? He was supposed to be there for two hours. He from five to seven that one day. I can't remember what night it was. Might have been uh, Thursday or Friday. And then the line. I mean, he didn't stop signing autographs till after eight eight fifteen. So we're, we've actually got a guy now that's accessible. He's young. He's, he's giving a lot of wrestlers an opportunity to, to say, I'm, I'm about to meet greatness. So uh, you, t- you take that senior level aspect and tie it into Fargo. It's more than just colleges. I mean, these, these kids had a chance to meet some of the greats in our sport.
3: It's awesome. You know, it's awesome. Bill and I are heading out to Colorado Springs for the USA wrestling state leaders summit in about a month. and, I'm going to really push or, or just suggest that, that USA wrestling continue this trend, even if it's just an exhibition match. Because if you look at the, if you look at the uh, coaching staffs from some of these bigger states, you've got guys that are on the ladder and going to world team training camps and, and, you know, they're in the mix for these national uh, and world teams. And, you know, even with, uh, 2016 being an Olympic year, I hope that USA wrestling can convince or, or uh set up some some simulation or exhibition matches during the finals because you know, uh, it's huge for kids from outlying states or, or even even kids from from uh you know bigger states. I mean Bill always um, cracks on kids uh, for not being students of the sport and, and USA wrestling the past two years has made made it easy for these kids to to watch, learn and, and observe uh know uh, our, our best and brightest up on the big stage so I really hope they they continue it and I'm gonna you know bring it up when we're out in Colorado Springs next month
1: yeah Bill on that I want to say that uh, you know uh, I can't remember who it was that might have been Bobby Douglas was telling a story and uh, you know this might have been 10-12 years ago but I remember him he always tells kind of tells a story where he goes how many people know who I am and maybe two kids raise his hand and how many people know who he is and he'll point over to be Kale Sanderson and you know like four kids will raise their hand now we're getting to the point where, you know, I remember growing up in my wrestling room. I mean, I, I remember looking at a poster of, of, the, of, of the Brands brothers in the Picosan wrestling room going, who are those guys? And then people are looking at me like, you don't know who Tom and Terry Brands are? I go, no. And, you know, it, it took me late to to understand the college game, and especially then the international game. Having the athletes like Burroughs be, be so personable, be so, you know, we now have a shoe that's not a wrestling shoe that's that's endorsed by a wrestler. I mean – so hopefully we'll we'll be able to bring uh Burroughs to Virginia for a clinic or something, and every single person in that gym, whether they're a first year guy or or, or Dale Oliver, will will know who the heck Jordan Burroughs is.
0: Yeah, I mean you're right, Jason, and, and uh you know I do I talk about being students of the sport all the time. Um a lot of reasons. I think USA Wrestling's doing a better job, marketing, social media, um, you know, these kids do they find out who they are, see them on social media, follow them on Twitter, you know, like them on Facebook, the whole, whole thing. Um, a lot more video out there with, with flow wrestling and um the big 10 network. I mean, we got college dual meets on TV all the time. Now um, USA wrestling events have, have been on uh, NBC. Um, that all that stuff is important. I think, Television exposure and social media exposure is huge um, to grow the sport. Uh, we, need, we need more of it. Um, we, we, we've got a lot more than we used to have, um, and, and we still need more. Uh, the NCAAs, you know, on ESPN, you can watch the whole tournament on ESPN now. Um, I think that's that's awesome. And uh, our kids are starting to recognize. They know Kyle Dick and, and David Taylor and uh, Jordan Burroughs and um, – Hella Morales and Adeline Gray, I mean, they know who they are. They're, they're being marketed. They're they're out there where we can see them. Well, we see them compete, and we see them in social media. And uh, I think it's good for the sport. I and mean, We have to do more. We need more of
1: them. Andrew, in the time we got left, what's, what's next for VAWA? What events do we got coming up? Obviously, there's a little bit of a lull before school starts, but that doesn't mean you guys stop working.
3: Not at all. I uh, I spent spent a good part of the morning just just uh, recovering, uh, but thinking about next year. Uh, made some calls about our hotel for next year, but um, I posted 165 picks on our Facebook and F- Facebook page and VirginiaWrestling.com, and I uh, just want to get some uh, some of that media out right now. But uh, we're we're getting ready for a fall golf tournament. We have our fall our annual fall meeting and. Uh, you know, working on providing some training opportunities in the uh, in the fall to help some of our folk style guys you know, get ready for things like the Super 32. And uh, but but the the biggest event that we have in the fall will be our fall elementary and middle school national teams uh, qualifier. We will Bawa will run a uh, folk style event in I believe uh, mid November that will serve as a qualifier for team virginia and and this will be an elite uh folk style uh national team that will compete in only three or four events and that'll allow those kids to compete with their various clubs uh at the club level but but then for things like the holiday duels the wildwood duels uh, and a few other events they'll they'll come together uh for uh you know, to make a stud squad to to go and knock heads with the team's flying in with Jerry Abbas from California and, you know, these uh, these hammers uh, from Pennsylvania and Ohio that, that uh, come together for these bigger events. So um, we're excited about uh, making that a, a very black-and-white process um, and, uh, and trying to get some of our better kids together, and, and that'll only uh, help build some camaraderie as they come up the ladder. So so we're focused on on that, and then also... Uh, you know just trying to compare notes and and you know uh, gather feedback from our coaches and athletes on what we did well in Fargo and and how we can improve for next year
1: Bill final words since you're the state chair
0: oh man um you know like Andrew said August uh some downtime from actual competition but a lot of planning going on uh you know I've got uh we've got the leadership conference in Colorado Springs. We have our uh, fall meeting that we moved to August because it, it fell on the uh, world championship dates. And, you know, there's a good group of us playing on going out to world championships in Vegas in September and uh, starting in September, then, you know, we'll, we'll have some local tournaments and like Andrew mentioned, some training opportunities for our athletes, um, the qualifier for the elementary school, middle school, Team, and then uh, you know, um, planning. Andrew and I spend a lot of time planning, 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 and getting ready to implement uh, new things for next year. Trying to improve. It's a never-ending challenge and task to um, not stay stagnant and, and make tr- make the state better and, and make it grow, and and that's what we'll be trying to do in August.
1: And actually, you bring up the World Championships, and then we haven't discussed this yet, but for those listening, you'll know that um, there's a good chance that if you're in person, actually there's a 100% chance you'll hear a Virginian on the microphone, and if you're watching at home on ESPN3, which I believe is where the stream will be, there's probably a 50% chance of you hearing a Virginian on the microphone, so... Brian Hazard is actually going to be part of the broadcasting streaming team with ESPN three. And he's going to be teaming with Shane Sparks from the big 10 network and in house on the microphone guys, it's, it's an all Virginia one and two it's Ken Berger and myself announcing the world championships. So uh, a little two up, two down there out in Vegas coming too. Oh.
0: I, I lo- love it, love it, love it. And I do want to I'm say gonna... one, one other thing, Jason, I forgot. Um, I want to say thanks to our officials that were out in Fargo. We had seven out there, which is one of the larger groups from any state. Um, Tim Pearson, our head of officials is doing a bang up job. Um, In fact, he just got elected to the board of um, the officials association. So not only are we trying to improve our wrestling, we're improving our officiating as well. And Ken Berger was part of that crew too. So, uh, Virginia guys everywhere. It's uh, it's great.
3: Yeah, to to Bill's point, we couldn't have done it out in Fargo without uh, some volunteers that were willing to lend an extra hand, which uh, led by Tim Greenleaf, who came out as uh, part women's coach and part logistics coordinator, helping make sure meals were set up after weigh ins at, at uh, you know seven a.m. and and lunches for everybody, and then he was assisted by Bud Gordon and, uh, Dr. Stan Smeltzer out of Smithfield. Uh, but one final shout out goes, goes out to, uh, Joey and, and Lauren Prada's little sister, Jessica Prada. She is, uh, she is a character and, and Jessica is, uh, is battling, um, uh, potential, uh, bacterial meningitis diagnosis right now, but anybody that knows the Prada's and, and little Jessica knows that, um, you know, she's a fighter and, uh, She's uh, she's taking it all in stride, and um, uh, you know we're, we everybody at VAWA just wants to wish her a speedy and uh, healthy recovery.
0: of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.